know the lyrics to the extended version of every 90s TV theme song? And you recite the entire script to Wayne's World on command, verbatim. Might you wax nostalgic about injuries sustained during backyard wrestling matches? Have you pontificated at length over what beer goes best with Mario Kart? Do you philosophically dwell for inappropriate lengths of time on phenomena like snowsuits, minor five chords, Rocky Four, baseball stats, wall-mounted pencil sharpeners, cinnamon toast crunch, Murray Wilson, seasons two through eight of The Simpsons, Bond villains, then friends, lovers, palindromes, have we got the show for you. It's Calling BS with Brandon and Scott, your esoteric clerics for the fleet of mouth and mind. Brutally honest, meticulously obsessive, and painstakingly pragmatic. Check us out and BS, I love you. Dueling Genre Welcome, everyone, to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are watching the 1990 Turtles movie, one brotherly argument having moment minute segment at a time. I'm your host, Scott Tofty. With me, as always, are Chris, Adam, and Rachel. Hi, guys. Hey, that's me. And joining us on Thursday is Mr. Jonathan Carlisle from theprincessbrideminute.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. To be isn't here. it fun? Isn't it fun to like hang out with us for a whole week? It is because well, we only do like three episodes a week, so it's fun whenever I get to do five with with somebody else. Um, yeah, because then that means that I don't have to you know edit all five. I no, you're not going to have to edit time, any so. of these. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit. Yeah, that's, all that's Scott these. work. <laughs> yeah, that's Scott is... work. <laughs> like Charlie work, but Scott. This is the this is like the whole minute of why I requested this week. So Ooh. I'm excited to get into this. Ooh. It starts minute thirty nine. Starts with uh, Michelangelo suggesting a location for he and Donatello to reside in during this brotherly argument between Raph and Leo, and it ends with Casey Jones building a radio <laughs> on a fire escape, something or something. Yeah. <laughs> so. My first thought for this minute is, well, you know what, Jonathan? Why don't you take the first thought for this minute since we're this is the setup for the joke. Setup for the joke? Yeah, the the whole quote here, the first thing that we get out of Michelangelo's mouth in this minute oh, yeah. is 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 this back and forth with he and Donnie. So, why why does this tickle your fancy so much? Uh I it's not so much those two. It's the it's just the fight itself. Because you know, when you talk about the turtles, everyone's like, "Well, you know, which turtle are you?" That kind of thing. Um, and I, I've always liked Leonardo. Some of that is just because of the color. Um, I just like blue. So there you go. Um, his I think his weapons are are the ones that just draw me. So, but then it, there's this whole uh, like. He's kind of the the stiff one. He's kind of the, you know the, he's the classic like early '90s leader that nobody likes. He's uh, the cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's yes, exactly. And uh, <laughs> you know, and sometimes, especially in comics, depending on who's writing them, they they just treat them that way the whole time. But I like in this movie that Leonardo kind of gets his own. That he's not necessarily 100% right here, but he's he's got a lot to say. Yeah, he's and, right, but but emotionally he's he's not right, you know. Um, so there's that conflict that they they have, and and uh, but yeah, he 
you know, I think everyone kind of identifies with Raphael right here because, like, yeah, we see what's going on. We see we just saw a Splinter a few minutes ago, and he's all sweaty looking and and gross and and uh, crucified. Just wants to sit there. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so I I like the fight and and I was wondering, are they? Has there ever been anything that says like which turtle is the oldest? You know, that's one of the things that we sort of talked about, and we kind of guessed based on personality that like I don't even remember what Chris do you remember how we sort of laid that out like maybe Leo was the oldest Leo's the oldest Michelangelo's the youngest and then the other two are just sort of in the middle but you know they're turtles so they probably all just hatched at the same time Mm. yeah I don't think we have a definitive answer they're certainly all the result of the same turtle coupling (laughs) (laughs) so they're biological brothers yes Right, and it, it doesn't always play true, but you know sometimes you get this birth order thing where you know the first child is kind of the leader and the the responsible one and everything. Um, but I I think Raphael is yeah, kind of has. I think Raphael probably has a lot of that in him, but he hmm. deals with it differently, so that's why they naturally just kind of butt heads. Yeah, but yeah, like the idea of uh, birth order determining personality or having anything to do with that's kind of an interesting concept to extend to you know I mean you know with the turtle we have anthropomorphic turtles but we also have like you know other other TV shows where we have like puppies and turtles and sharks and all these mm-hmm. things where interestingly enough people are you know like the 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 beings themselves are born in litters and like there would be absolutely like you know, imagine like your kittens like if you have a, pa- a a litter of kittens there's no younger there's no older they're all just born at the same time so there's no you, you do get the rest of the litter they're, they're not, kind they're of they're not literally born at the same time literally the litter Ouch. is born at this well anyway yeah they're not like sprayed out they come out in, in, in <laughs> order yeah but in that in 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 that Jesus. that that birth order doesn't matter yeah, but no i I think in the in my I haven't read a ton of the comics, but I think sometimes they do kind of talk about some of that stuff. But I don't remember if they've specified who's the oldest and youngest. But I mean, yeah, they had, I'd have they to had, go so back. One of them's going to hatch out first, and and like twins argue about, about that too. Like, oh, I'm older by like ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, even, yeah. I've heard that. Well, and Adam, it also goes back to something you were saying early on in our run here too about sort of the trope of having the four different personalities on a team. And we talked about like Ghostbusters. We talked about. Um, some, you know, X-Men, things like that, about how there's sort of these four character archetypes that keep popping up through a lot of media, especially at this time, you know, the leader, the hothead, the goofball, the scientist, and how those kind of, I mean, when you apply it to four brothers, it's really sort of easy to pull the birth birth order card and try to Mm. assign that also. But it really is, I think, almost even more universal than that. We see this in a lot of different relationships, whether it's team members or brothers. the, The four musketeers, you know. Uh, yes, exactly. That's another one we mentioned. The castaways yeah. on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> nah. Oh, my God. I mean, there's more than four That's of them, true. but those archetypes are, are present. The Professor and yeah. Marianne. <laughs> and, and Gilligan the Skipper. I think it just lends so naturally here, because they are brothers, and then they do have Splinter, who's kind of like their father. So, you know, Leonardo, in this instance, Leonardo is trying to... I think he's trying to do what Splinter would do, you know, so he's... I guess that's why I think that you know he might be the natural uh, oldest born because he kind of identifies and, with Splinter before the other ones came around or something. You know that's interesting too because maybe that's why Raphael butts heads with him so much too. If Leo is trying to assume the father role, we already know that Raph is incredibly close to Splinter and is probably the only person that he will really let himself be emotional with and open up to. 
So to see Leonardo trying to be that person, I can imagine that would make him angry, resentful. Sure. Interesting. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a Welcome to psychoanalysis com- of complicated the Ninja family dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know what makes it all the more interesting? I like that we have the ability to sort of look at this on a deeper level. Um, this movie yeah. does that really well. They sort of yeah. they they play these archetypes and these characterizations really well in this film. Yeah, and I like this. Uh, you know, just like we get on Princess Bride minute. You know, that movie. There's funny stuff, but there's a lot of grounding points too. Um, and now this this movie is a little sillier than than that is even, but they still have some good emotional ties mm-hmm. and and uh, that's why I said I think you know later in the movie, I like that the the stiff leader Leonardo kind of he kind of gets his moment to shine you know be, because of what he's trying to do you know he's trying to be the the one that's supposed to do what he's supposed to do, and later on he you know gets some key information based on all of that. Right. Um. Yeah, all very interesting. I I do like the whole fight, fight, <laughs> kitchen, <laughs> kitchen. This whole Donnie and Mikey, like, we want to get out of here. And then the shot during the fight of Raph and Leo arguing, and you just see the shells and the heads just sort of, like, sneaking through the bottom of the frame. <laughs> and they're like... As if the viewer, the, the, us, the audience, are not supposed to notice them. And they're nonchalantly humming to themselves. Yeah. And Raph is, like, really <laughs> strongly humming. backlit. Like, that. that's... Oof. He's like a silhouette of yeah. rage. Yeah. And Donatello, I also enjoy that he takes his bow staff everywhere with him. Mm-hmm. It reminds everywhere. me very much of, like, Linus and his security blanket. Yeah. I, like every shot we've seen Donnie in, he's been carrying his bow. Well, that's the thing is like the others, like their weapons are all secreted upon themselves. Like you don't, mm-hmm. I, I imagine Michelangelo still has his chucks on him and Raphael oh, yeah. has his sigh on him. Well, Raphael's it's just shaking that you notice. It's just that you notice Donatello's because it's so big and he carries it. He can't sit down with it. He's the only one that has to like dislodge his Leo. weapon in order to be able like to he, sit. Like we just noticed the other day, like that that uh, Leo is like doing a weird squat thing, and it might be because he can't sit down on the sofa with his swords. <laughs> That's true. Yes. <laughs> How many sofas do you think he's ruined so Probably far? Probably a lot. <laughs> Lots of sewer, like you know, flush down the sewer st- uh, sofas have been ruined. Maybe that's why their sofa in the lair is so torn up. It's not because it's a sewer sofa. <laughs> like, it's just where been shredded by swords. That, where did he get the swords and the sigh? Where? <laughs> the where? sword store. <laughs> <clears throat> um, something that really annoys me about this minute particularly, which I haven't noticed before, is it... To me, the animatronic puppet work in this one looks really clunky. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else notice that? Mm-hmm. A little bit. A little bit. Like, the, the lip syncing is just, like, the lips don't move a lot. Well, the eyes are very stationary. I think, it just seems like... I think it hurts that, you know, you're able to notice it because it's sort of, like, um, framed and shot very much like, uh, you know, it, like, the fight that Leo and Raph have is very, like, you could you could write it like you know in 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 English class in high school it's like it is a very tropey stereotypical family fight like their dialogue is so like tried and true and worn down that it's very easy to notice that the the puppet heads are you know moving this way or that way and and, and that it's not quite real because mm. what they're doing has been so often done on screen by real people yeah, it's not it's not framed in a particularly interesting way. It's this sort of over over two shot kind of thing where you're peeking over the shoulder and then you know it goes to the opposite 
you know, vantage point. And it's, you see this kind of framing in every movie. So yeah, it's not particularly interesting at all to look it, at. It's not flattering for the puppets. It's also, no, also those over the shoulder shots are probably tricky with the animatronics. Cause all of that cabling, all those servo wires have to come in somewhere and to block are those all that not, out. Are, are they, are they not wireless? No, I don't think so. No, absolutely not. They are completely like there's like pneumatics and stuff. Yeah, there's like an I mean, umbilical they're... cord of wires going into the. Ba- I think the back of the heads in these puppets, or it's maybe a, it's, it's a cable running the, down it. Yeah, in the shell somewhere. Huh. Yeah, it's not. There's no wireless to this. I always thought it was controlled like by radio. No. Nope. Oh, like I think you can see in like some of the like making of like featurettes and and video like you can see people like off screen like pushing and pulling um, like little pneumatic, uh, you know, plungers to make things work certain ways. Yeah, they're kind of like handlebar brakes in that sense, like how that works. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I learned something here. Also, this Um, is another very musical moment. Um, this argument, this sit here on our butts. <laughs> like you could probably write this out in, in yeah. sheet music. Something we come back to a lot. And, and Jonathan will ask ahead. you towards the we end of the week, you. what your, what your favorite quote of the whole movie is. But we often talk about sort of the melodic nature of the dialogue in this film and how it is, you know, it kind of rises and falls in pitch and dynamic. Um, but even more important than that, did anyone else notice the dude squatting in the corner? Oh my god. Uh, yeah. The what dude the squatting hell? in the corner? What? what? Oh, I, at, at, like, 20 20 seconds, seconds, at 20 seconds into this, minute, into this minute, there's a guy up against the wall behind the table just squatted down. He's wearing like a <gasps> white t-shirt, no right? No red hat. Did they, what was, was that the guy operating the little plungers for the emotions? And they're Maybe. like, well, I guess we can't get rid of him. It doesn't make any sense. That, that ha- I did that in a student How film How did you once. miss that? I, my, oh, my director creepy. of photography is just standing in the middle of this one shot, but he's in the background and out of focus. And you almost don't see it until it's pointed out. But then when you point it out, it's like, yeah, there's just a guy standing. That's in like the when scene. you, when you bring your, your <laughs> photos back, when, when we used to get film developed, and there's just this like creepy man in the background for some reason. Well, the, that's I mean, there, my like, student film was chair. on 16 millimeter film, so I didn't know until weeks later that yeah. this one shot it was the only take of that shot. There's just this and dude standing there. That makes he's wearing a red hat. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like did somebody did they? Is it just that this was the best take or the only take? It, it could be that it just didn't get noticed until like a final work print, and then somebody just like circled it with grease pencil it was like where why is this guy in the shop <laughs> someone got fired over this <laughs> that's crazy yeah, well, again. maybe when they were setting it up they you know they they were hoping that leonardo's shoulder was covering him as the camera moved back and maybe maybe it just didn't move back fast enough or something yeah i mean he's not in frame for a terribly long time it's sort of just like almost i mean it feels like a long time when you notice it finally but it's it really is really only, only like, like two a seconds. second or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way the way he's just kind of squatting though and not moving. It it's a uh, crap. Do you uh, think they see me? I, yeah, yeah, exactly. It sounds like they my say, eyes are like, closed. Still, I'm invisible. Turtle see motion. <laughs> right. <laughs> he said action. And he just said whoa. Just squatted down. Usually, when you're blocking something out, like especially with a boom mic, what what you usually do is get the person to 
to know when they're in in frame. Like you'll move the boom mic down until it's in frame, and then the director of photography sure. goes like, "Okay, there's where you're in frame," and then you move it up. So then you have like this kind of muscle memory from when you're getting in there. And I guess they just didn't do that with this guy, or this guy like had a hiccup and just happened to sit up for a second. And was like, oh shit, I'm in frame, and then probably went right back down again. His his he just froze. crouching choreography was all wrong. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh man, um, that's one of those things that you just don't un-see. crouching crewman, not hidden crewman. There's also a, num- right, have- a number of shots in this movie where you can see the uh, the suit guy, like the puppeteer in the suit. You can yeah. see his face through the mouth. Through the mouth. There's a number. Oh of god, shots. and it's so creepy. And there's all sorts of, like, there's YouTube videos that point out all the bloopers, but um, we don't have to get too terribly into that. I just think it's funny that this dude is, like, he's so blatantly there. Like, it's not even, there's no excuse for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Very important question, everybody. Pork rind? Pork rind. Uh, Has anyone eaten a pork rind? I I think I had one, like, when I was much younger. Um, I haven't had one in a long time, so maybe I should try one. I no, had I one, I, I was in Pensacola, Florida. It was for some, like, family reunion type thing, and there was Pepsi a guy. Pepsi-Cola, Florida? What? Pepsi-Cola, Florida? Yes, yes. And there was a guy there, and I don't remember if I was related to him or he was married into the family. Or just some drifter? Some drifter, yeah. But not only was he eating a bucket of crawfish, like, breaking the heads off, and mm. but he had pork rinds, and I was like, can I try one? And he was like, sure, and... They were gross. Did he say pork rind? <laughs> Isn't it? It's just fried, 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 pork. fried pork skin. Pork right? skin, yeah. I think so. I mean, it's got a good... I'm not going to lie to you. I only ever knew the idea of pork rinds from this movie until I was about 18. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever actually seen them until I like graduated high school. All right, you East Coast elitist. All I can really remember <laughs> yeah, that's is it. It, it was just, yeah, like... Oh, wait, those, these um, turtles are East Coast and elitist. <laughs> it, it was the consistency of those um, fried noodles at the Chinese restaurant. Like that yeah. crunchy, But it's greasy. also bacon? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I mean I, uh, general consensus is they're not great, right? I, if you, I, I, it's it's not an all the time thing, but uh, if I once in a while I'll get like the barbecue flavor ones. I don't like the regular ones, but uh, I think this movie is the only reason why. And I have, I have a few movies like that. Um, like this one is Pork Rinds, uh, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. It's Saltines from. Uh, when Princess Leia is giving the Ewoks, oh, the, that's, yeah. great. that's great. And uh, I think there's a couple others. I just I can't think of them right now. But whenever I think of those movies, like Indiana I get, Jones, uh, dates. Yeah, yeah. And whenever Eat I think em. of those movies, I just get a hankering for like that certain food. For me, it's it's Crunch and Munch from '90s uh, Marvel comics. The back page ad oh, was yeah. always for Crunch oh. and Munch, and it's just kind of it kind of stuck in my brain. I, I get that. Yeah. So that's the only reason I eat them. I don't. I don't. I don't pretend that they are healthy for me in any way. <laughs> and I, I get the tiny bag. I also like that. There's just a like they the turtles have totally taken over April's apartment. There's just garbage everywhere. Empty soda cans, <laughs> empty Fritos bags. Like Donatello is just like wolfing down Slim Jims and beef jerky. 
None of it healthy. Imagine what it smells like in April's apartment by Ugh. now. Oh my god, uh, I don't oh yeah. want to. Like I a turtle tank, to. probably. Like and a corn chip worse. <laughs> like that corn chip, like dog foot smell. Oh yeah, that that <laughs> corn chip fart smell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, dog's feet um, smell like corn chips for some reason. That's huh. well, really that bizarre. Yeah. Observation. Yeah. So Raphael, <laughs> we get the shot of him on the roof, and. He he goes out and he makes a sound and for the longest time I always thought he just like hee but I'm listening more closely now and I think he says damn yeah yeah, yeah. definitely does. which oh, I yeah. I feel such I, I feel like such an idiot because my whole life I've been like he says damn exactly three times in this movie this is the fourth damn hmm. and I'm gonna say to my credit. This one's not funny. Like, the joke is done after the third one. This is an unnecessary damn, guys. It didn't need to be there. It's an angry damn. Comedy comes in threes. The joke, yeah, exactly. The joke doesn't work anymore. He's just, now he's just swearing for no reason. Well, Rachel made a good observation about this. Yeah, he's doing some angry roof karate, which is very reminiscent to a scene in my favorite movie, Footloose. Where Kevin Bacon oh, is angry dancing. dancing. Because (laughs) he's so frustrated that the town won't let him dance. So we got our, we're going to get our watchers, yeah. our listeners to make the uh, Sharks versus Jets West Side Story mashup. Can we get them to take this scene and just put the, the song from Footloose underneath Please. it? Too? Oh, man, yes. <laughs> Please. And just intercut it with Kevin Bacon. Like, yeah, just keep cutting back and forth. Well, oh, it'll, well, there there are parts of that scene where it keeps cutting back to the different scenes. Like you see John Lithgow like up there on the the. the Montages. And, previously yeah. on Footloose. <laughs> so you could you could chop those in too. Oh, uh, I, I like that. Fun. He, he's doing the angry karate, but his second move is just a cartwheel. And I feel like that one, that's not a very good move for like an angry man. <laughs> like there's there's no punch to it. It doesn't look that impressive. I mean, it it doesn't look threatening anyway. I well, just need to, does the I need to express yeah. myself through my gymnastics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kevin Bacon does I must tumble. And- you know, to be perfectly honest, I've done this. Angry karate. Angry karate. Oh, Chris. Chris, <laughs> like, you've got the mic. Go ahead. I, I, I've gone up to the roof, and uh, I've gone up into the roof of the you know my, my dorm uh, my apartment building and I've gone up there and practiced. I like I'll bring my I'll bring my 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 jump rope up, I'll get a little cardio in, I'll do some stretching and then I'll do some forms. I'll do uh, some 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 of the 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 kata, the 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 general the, the forms but, from but martial arts. But do you ever do them angry? Uh sometimes sometimes I am in a heightened emotional state. All do you right. ever listen to Joe Esposito while while doing it? No. You're the best. No. God. Have you oh ever my been, God. Have you ever been that angry song. and a cartwheel is actually satisfying? <laughs> nope. <laughs> although, although I have been at company parties super drunk off my mind and been like, you know what? I need to cartwheel down this hallway. And I totally <laughs> do. I've had some of my students from time to time have been like, you can't do a cartwheel. You're like an old guy. And I'll be like, watch this, jerk. <laughs> 
and I succeed in doing a cartwheel. Wow. That really is a lot. I tooted my own horn a lot there, but sometimes an angry cartwheel can, in fact, be satisfying. See, I would be like, watch this jerk and then break my hip. Yeah, I've like, never been able to do a cartwheel. <laughs> I just feel like I like your version better. I feel like if it, well, if if it's uh, satisfactory anyway, I feel like it's too graceful. Like there's there's no punch to it. It's just a smooth motion that moves into the next one. So you'd be like, oh, now I got to punch something. I mean, he does kind of go into like this weird little tornado kick thing afterwards. Yeah. So I guess it kind of like it maybe is building some some forward momentum for him. Yeah. He's he's getting into it. The last thing we get in this minute is Casey Jones attempting to dial in. Like, is that one of those like crystal radio kits? I think it's a what police is, scanner. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe that's. Oh, that makes a heck of a lot more sense. But he also has a glass bottle of Gatorade, which I, I'm kind of yeah. jealous of. And his oh, headphones yeah. slung over the side of the uh, uh, the railing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where and is he? And why? He's got, yeah, like, he's got binoculars. He's got his Gatorade, and yeah, that's a police scanner. I feel like he's at the roof access of his building, like yeah. the fire escape kind Which of. This is just like, coincidentally within visual range of April's building. And we're going to get a shot of that in the next minute of kind of what that distance looks like and where they are. But that that wraps up uh, the the visuals for this minute. Any final thoughts on the uh, the brotherly fighting or the pork rinds? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I, I kind of want to eat some pork rinds now. Yeah, I know I backed out on the anchovy pizza uh, challenge that I put myself to, but I'll totally eat some pork rinds. That's mm. uh, very, I need to do that. very big of you, Adam. That. Is, that, is that being cheap and backing out? Uh, if it is, I don't care. I'll eat pork rinds instead. Get right As up it, to the microphone and go... Yeah, just chomp down on some yeah. super extra fried Only bacon. if you bring enough for everybody. <laughs> We'll mail them to you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, sounds good. <laughs> so, yeah, those aren't much of a commitment because they're at least eating one pork rind is kind of just like a really fluffy pecking peanut. Mm. <laughs> just, just and it's much. not like it's not like Cool Ranch Doritos where you literally cannot just eat one. Dude, that's that's my heroin. Like I can't. I like I'm I'm off the stuff and I, I can never go back to Cool Ranch Doritos. Like uh, it's this endless spiral of. I am begging our listeners to just start sending bags of Doritos <laughs> to Adam. <laughs> It's, Adam, it's don't bad. give me your address. God, it's I'm a such a mistake. jerk. Dude, yeah. It's like once I start eating Cool Ranch Doritos. It's like it's that like, Doritos taco. Like it shouldn't be good, but it's so good. Don't want a Taco Bell? I can't yes. wait to try that. Well, oh, I, I remember so they, they came out with, with the Doritos taco, and I was like, I was like, please, God, don't let them come out with a Cool Ranch version. And, and they then did. they did. And, and awesome. then they opened it. For a while, there were like no Taco Bells around here. And then they opened one nearby. And I was like, look, I'll just try one. And then like flash forward to like six days later there's just like empty uh yeah. <laughs> dorito tacos wrappers everywhere i'm Adam's like just like crying and scratching himself i'm like, like heating it up on a spoon and just mainlining it <laughs> snorting the cool ranch dust and on that note <laughs> all right well that takes care of thursday <laughs> i would like to take this opportunity to invite everyone to head over to duelinggenre.com and not only check out our awesome podcast that we have over there on the dueling genre network so many great shows check out but the also yeah if you like what you hear here on turtles minute or any of the other dueling genre podcasts take a second and become a patreon supporter and uh you can give us a little bit of your money it goes a long way to making new content new seasons of our shows putting merchandise in your hands all kinds of cool things um, so head over to DuelingGenre.com and uh, 
you know, become a Patreon supporter. Become part of the team. You get our weekend edition show, which comes out like every month or so, uh, which we talk about anything turtle related. It does not have to be from the movies. It's video games. It's music. It's TV shows. It's comic books. It's merchandise. Um, but only merchandising. Merchandising. <laughs> Where the real only money in the franchise is made. Only if you become a Patreon supporter. So head on over there if you like what you hear and uh, help us out a little bit. Uh, as for us today, Thursday, we're done. We'll see you tomorrow on Friday. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Cowabunga.